You're listening to the Finding Enough podcast with Jessica Joy Holt, where we will be exploring stories and journeys of how we can find we are enough within ourselves, as well as meditations, mental resets, and more. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. Hi, guys. Uh, welcome to the Finding Enough podcast. Today, um, it's me, Jess, with our guest, Tess Elliott. Hi, Tess. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, So for Tess, I'm really excited to have her. She's been one of my longest yoga clients. And so we'll go into that a little bit at the end. But most of all, I've just noticed whenever she and I talk, whenever we get on our calls, it's just always been this really beautiful conversation that I'm like, man, and we've even said this to each other, like, we should just start recording a podcast because these are just, they turn out to be so great and meaningful. Um, So today I decided to make that a reality. And here we are with Tess. We're going to go into a little bit about her journey. So Tess, to start, uh, could you tell us a little bit about, wow, <laughs> a little bit about what your journey has been like while you've been finding out like the, you're, you're enough, you're finding out that you are enough in your life. Yeah, for sure. So I guess, you know, to start, um, I, I've struggled a lot with, with self-esteem and, um, and purpose and just a lot of things like that for most of my life. And there's, there's a lot of reasons and I have, you know, I, I lost my parents really young and I think a lot of that fed into, um, feeling like I had something to prove Mm -hmm. all of the time. And I think that, that really comes back into finding enough, you know, finding where, um, you know, I'm no longer kind of searching for that, um, that proof that I'm enough. Like I, I just am innately. That's something I've really struggled with is finding that, that feeling of innately, I am enough just because I am. Um, so that's, that's really what, um, I think has been my goal (laughs) in this journey. And I didn't know that for a long time. Um, but that's, that's where I'm, I'm guiding towards. I love that. And I mean, that's so impactful because yeah, we do, we try to find a lot of our worth in our parents. And so I I can totally understand where that would kind of leave you wondering and wanting for that enoughness. Um, And for you to find that out for yourself and especially that you're like, like, I loved using that word uh, innately enough, just, just as you are already. I, that is so powerful. Um, Thank you for sharing. that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a struggle that um a lot of a lot of young women have. I mean, obviously everyone in sub capacity is capable of having the struggle, but I I know a lot of young women who um struggle with giving themselves the value that they deserve or giving themselves any innate value um because they they've spent a lot of their lives being told by someone whether it's just, you know, media, society, a parent, a figure, a friend, a brother, you know, just some person has told them that they're not enough in some way, um, just because of, of, you know, a whole bunch of different reasons. I've heard the tons of different things. So yeah, that innate enoughness is really, I think, important. Um, and that's something I, I strive to understand and I strive to teach, uh, you know, my kid and my, my niece and nephews and, and everyone that, but hopefully they'll always feel that way and never have to find it. Absolutely. It's something that is so huge to share and just offering, because I know, but we've talked about this before. We grew up not feeling that way. We grew up like searching for it and always feeling like we had to be better and we have to do better. Um, and while it is important to have like um, 
that motivation to do and be better, to always feel like you're not enough and that you have to do that is totally different than the idea of having that little bit of motivation to keep you going and reaching. Um, So is there anything that stands out to you in your journey that you would like to share for those who might be going through similar things? Yeah, um, I think one of the key points that I've reiterated to myself, especially over the last you know six months since I've been working with with you, um, yeah. that I've I've really struck me is that the the most important thing every day for me is doing the things that make me happy mm-hmm. in the long term. Yeah, and that happiness and and joy in the moment is enough. And that's it. Like, like there's always a goal, right? Everyone has a goal, but like, if you're not happy in the moment or if you're not happy, at least in, in a short moment, you know, in a context <laughs> of, of, you know, obviously like sometimes in the middle of a yoga workout, you don't want to be doing it and you're not necessarily <laughs> happy, you know, <laughs> but you know, on the, like the 20th Chaturanga, you're not happy, but <laughs> like in the context of your life, you're, you're happy because you did it. And like, yeah. that's, that's been really helpful for me and really guiding for me in terms of choosing the things that I do every day and the things that I'm allowing space in my life yeah. are the things that bring me some form of happiness, even if I'm not happy in the moment that I'm doing the thing like 20 chaturangas <laughs> or, you know, cleaning, like deep cleaning the kitchen floor. Like those two things do not make me happy in the moment that I'm doing them, <laughs> but they do give me happiness in, in the sense of accomplishment or, you know, in those, those ways and avoiding doing things because they're hard in the moment in ignoring the fact that they make you happy or they bring you joy in some other way um, is is something that I did a lot. I put off things a lot. Um, I put off doing things I really had to do because mm-hmm. I, it just was uncomfortable in the moment. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's something that I've, I've learned to do better and to prioritize better. So that's, that's one thing I think a lot of people can benefit from like finding the joy and being uncomfortable. And sometimes yes. I think that's, I think I meandered there, but I think that's really the point is <laughs> I found a way to to understand that happiness is the goal of my uncom- my discomfort in a moment. Absolutely. And that's that's been really really helpful. That is so powerful. Um I, I think we so many of us can relate to being there and it's literally human nature. There are studies on this where we will resist things that cause us pain. We'll go for pleasure, right? So like if we for instance there's the idea of let's go with Oreos and bananas real quick. Um So Oreos are instant pleasure, right? Like they taste good. Um, You might not feel the best after, but you like that (laughs) gratification of tasting that sweetness, that sugary, that chocolatey um, and whatever the filling stuff is. (laughs) Um, There's that instant gratification. Now we obviously like most humans would be like, Ooh, Oreos, yum, bananas. Okay. Like those can be really yummy, but if you get the choice, most people are probably going to reach for the Oreos because bananas don't aren't as instant gratification. Usually we we have that, that it's a healthy thing and it would help us. It has like good nutrients and stuff. Um, but overall we, we want the instant gratification and don't look past that. So you actually have to, when you want to change your habits, like the way you were talking about these studies talk about how you need to figure out your pain versus pleasure response and start working with that and see past the instant gratification towards what you actually want and get that instant gratification of like seeing that clearly and making those steps towards it. Because so many of us do get stuck in the habits of the instant gratification instead of what we're working towards. 
So yeah, for sure. sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then you also went into something earlier that I would love for you to bring back up with when you were talking about your good habits. I was like, oh my gosh, you, you need to go on on this because so many people would benefit about how you have started to be more consistent in your journaling and the way your mindset has changed with that. Yeah. And I think it goes with a lot of, it actually really blends in with that because I think a lot of unhappiness in my life is, has kind of been in the same realm, but something that we were talking about earlier with journaling is that, um, I I've, I've taken a lot of time to look into journaling. Like everybody tells you about <laughs> journaling and how you should journal mm-hmm. and how you need to journal about this or journal about that, or use prompts or use a book or use, you know, all of these different options. And I think all of those are great options and something that I really wanted to do was just make journaling a habit. And what I've focused on doing most recently is kind of putting away all of those conceptions of what journaling is. Like it's it's not just, you know, a book that has prompts. It's not just me writing down my feelings or me working from a prompt that someone else gave me. It's whatever it feels like in that moment that I need to write down. It's using the form of writing to detangle, you know, my miscommunicating neurons is really yes. like how I like to think about it. You know, Same. The, brain oh is, yeah, <laughs> the brain is just this tangled mess of, of like chemicals moving around. And uh, it's really hard when you're trying to interpret them. Like, it's mm-hmm. just going to be hard, whether you're mentally, you know, if you're neuro normal or neurodivergent, like no, no matter how your brain is structured, you're still a tangled mess of neurons. Like that's really what we are when it comes to our consciousness in, you know, in at least the scientific sense. So like, I feel like sitting down and untangling whatever it is, that's really like complicated in that moment, no matter what that looks like. Sometimes it's, I have a black paper journal and I have some white pens and Mm -hmm. I write really pretty quotes and I like play with the handwriting and that's really dedicated. And it's like a 30 minute thing to write one quote. And I get to really think about what that quote means. So I can pick something and like have that thoughtful response Mm -hmm. or I'm distracted and I just need to spend 10 minutes writing about how I'm distracted and it's frustrating. And like, I just need to get that thought on paper because if I put the thought on paper, the distractions can reduce. So I'm not (laughs) going to be thinking about how frustrated I am because I'm (laughs) distracted. It's because it's a constant feedback loop. But if you just get it on paper, it removes that or at least it feels like it helps remove that roadblock to moving on. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what journaling, I feel like, can do, is it'll let you take the thing you're feeling. Because I, so I'll, I'll go down a rabbit hole really quick. Yes, please. I've been, I've been reading a lot of, uh, I've read a lot of books about food and emotion and feelings. I have problems with emotional eating. I have my whole life. And one of the big things that you hear when you when you start getting really deep into the emotional eating, like support and learning how to move apart away from it is that mm-hmm. emotions are signals and, and thoughts are informed by emotions and emotions are signals to ways that your behavior is affecting you mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a general capacity. Of course, it's much more detailed than that, but that's at the very top level. And something that you, I struggle with and I've struggled with for years and I've used food and other not really very positive coping mechanisms to deal with mm-hmm. is that I didn't want to understand what my emotion was telling me about myself. Yes. Yeah. You know, that's, and that's, you know, it's always been hard for me to take criticism, whether it's internal or external criticism. And that's something I've worked on for years and years and I feel much better about now. And part of journaling is that almost that internal criticism where I, I have an emotion 
Mm-hmm. And I can sit down and I can write down what I'm feeling. And I understand then what my, how my thoughts are being impacted by that emotion, why I'm having that emotion and how I can adjust my life to either have more of that emotion if it's a positive one or to have less of it if it's negative. And that's really the, the root of that, um, the journey towards journaling, which I started many years ago. And I'm just now kind of really getting my, my fingers in where I want them to be, I guess, is, yeah. is that, that want to, you know, understand and learn from the way I'm feeling so that I can feel, you know, happier more, or, you know, just on the positive side of the emotional spectrum more. Yeah. Well, I mean, it can be so intimidating um, showing up in front of a blank piece of paper and being just totally honest with yourself. Like you said, like there's those emotions that you just didn't really want to deal with. And so if you're writing them down, you you have to deal with them. They're coming out and they're becoming present and you realize all these things. Like, I love that you said detangle because that's literally the word that I use when I talk about journaling for myself. So like you're detangling these emotions and these things that you're holding on to, and that can be really scary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just think if you think about it, like uh, this just kind of popped into my mind, but I think about it like headphones in the mid 2000s, right? You shove them in your pocket and they're, you know, you kind of mistreat them. You don't really pay attention, but like they're kind of the most important thing about Mm -hmm. your day. Like you're going to ride the school bus and like, you got to have those headphones or you're going to have to talk to people. And like, you don't want to do that. Right. (laughs) Like That was me at least in like 2006. (laughs) I feel this. This is like the best metaphor ever for feeling for your emotions. So every single day, because you're not you didn't like spend the five minutes to wrap your headphones very carefully around something so they didn't get tangled. Mm-hmm. You have to untangle them while you're waiting for the bus and it's frustrating and it's annoying and you're probably breaking them a little bit every single time. And like, that's kind of a, like a metaphor for mental health, really. Like yeah. it's, it's tangled and it's messy and you sometimes you just let it go until it's so tangled that it takes a lot of work and a lot of effort to get it back together maybe some like serious repairs, depending on how long it's been, <laughs> right? you know, and like, those you need are some fine. help with that. <laughs> yeah. You need some serious repairs. You got to do it. But like, if you don't, it, I I'm, I'm taking that metaphor to say like journaling and in general, self-care is the act of, of wrapping your headphones around your phone or your MP3 mm-hmm. player instead of just throwing them in your pocket. Right? Yeah, it's, it's a better way to keep them detangled, <laughs> to keep it detangled your brain. <laughs> Absolutely. Untangle your emotions like you do your headphones, like how you're going to care about them. If you're going to be like consistent and aware of them, then they're going to be yeah. fine. If you just ignore them, then they're going to be really tangled and it's going yeah. to be a struggle. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. How I mean, do you same thing applies today to headphones, like to phone chargers or mm-hmm. like laptop chargers. I'm thinking of more modern examples. Nearly as much. My goodness. That's true. <laughs> Not as much as like the $3 2005 headphones like earbuds that were like jelly and like gross stuck to everything yeah. yeah those were the epitome of 2005 so that's one of those like things where people these days would say if you know you know yeah that's exactly <laughs> it yeah. oh my gosh no that was a legit metaphor I'm so glad that you came up with that that's beautiful I'm so using that <laughs> um, and I hope you guys can relate to that too because I feel that one and I think it's so accurate Oh my gosh. Um, okay. So kind of coming back into this and I, I, we got to talk about it cause you are one of my clients, but all these things, like you've mentioned about how you started journaling more and the things that habits that you kind of picked up since we began working together six months ago, I would love it if you would honestly, openly good, bad and ugly, whatever you have to share about the yoga program that you've been doing with me. Yeah. So the yoga program was something that, so I, 
I've always loved yoga and I, in the beginning of 2021, I was like, I'm going to do yoga more. Like I'm going to really get dedicated to it. And I did a 30 day challenge and I did all 30 days and I was really proud of myself. I was like, I want to take this to the next level. And that's, that's how I found your program. You know, obviously we've been friends for years. We went to high school together. Like we we know each other before we were in (laughs) symphonic choir together, like the whole deal, you know? So, um, it's, it, it, so it seemed obvious to pick someone that I I knew who was offering, mm-hmm. you know, a, a service that seemed in align with my goals. Um, and what's crazy is the program is so much more than yoga. Like yoga right. is like the secondary focus, and that's not <laughs> a bad thing. That yeah. sounds like a bad thing when you're talking about a yoga program, but it's really really not because mm-hmm. I I've learned a lot about myself and <clears throat> excuse me, a lot about myself and a lot about. Um, my goals and who I want to be and like all all kinds of crazy stuff outside of just the yoga. So like the mental health aspect has been really, really great. And just the journey aspect, like, like you've been really great at helping me um, guide my, like you can, you, you like, like this conversation that we're having right now, you, (laughs) you do a great job at getting me to talk about things that I don't take the time to sit down and, and think about very often. And that has been a tremendous benefit to me. Um, in terms of having a good mindset and and developing a much more positive general mindset in my life than I have ever had. Uh, so that's been really great on just the mindset piece of the program. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. I want to just interject real quick. I couldn't, it's not all me here because you have to show up just as much. And the fact that you're willing to show up for yourself and be so introspective with me is huge. So big kudos to you on that part too. <laughs> Yeah, well, and big props to you for making me feel comfortable enough to do it because not a lot of people have ever been capable of making me feel comfortable <laughs> enough to be real with them. Because like, I'll talk to anybody, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but like actually being legitimately myself and having uh, real conversations about things that I'm vulnerable about, are, that's not something I do with very many people in my life. So um, yeah. we, uh, we've had that genuine, genuine connection that's been really beneficial and I appreciate that. Of course. Yeah, I mean, having a really good connection with the person that you're working with to help you get to your goals, I think it's so, so important. If you don't feel that connection with somebody, it's not going to be as um, an efficient or effective or really as smooth as a journey as you would like. Because you're constantly like wondering like what you should say to them, what you can say to them. Can you trust them with this part of yourself? So yeah, knowing um, and that's, for instance, why I always do this discovery calls first to answer any questions with those kind of things, because you don't always know if that person's going to be a good fit one way or another. So yeah. I'm really glad that we found that with each other. Yeah, um, definitely. Me too. Yeah. Are there any parts of the yoga program um, that kind of have stood out to be the most beneficial to you? Yeah, I think it's the accountability. It's the mm-hmm. weekly calls and the ability to sort of message with questions or just like goofy videos of my kids, like whatever it is that's striking my fancy <laughs> yes. at the moment. Um, that kind of thing is really helpful for, for me to feel like I have a partner in my journey and not just coach. Like yeah. having a coach is great. And obviously that's what I am, I came to you for. Yeah. But like, I don't feel like you're just my coach. I feel like much more that you're like my partner, you know, walking beside me in the journey as opposed to just like like pulling me on a leash. Because I think... Coaching can feel very much like you're being pulled on a leash sometimes. And that's, that's not what it feels like. Yeah. I think that uh, kind of goes back to what we were literally just talking about. Like, I, I don't think if, if it's not a good match, then it can feel that way. If it's yeah. a genuine connection match, then it sh- I personally believe a hundred percent, it should be just as you described it. It should be 
you feel like your partner's moving together side by side towards your goals and not like, not my goals, not anybody else's goals other than yourself. (laughs) So yeah, I'm really, really glad that we've found that and have been moving towards that together. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, are, is there anything else that you would like to mention about your either your journey or the program or both before we wrap up for today? Yeah, I think just one thing in terms of the the program, because I talked all about mindset and that's what we've been talking about a lot. <laughs> but I want to mention just to anyone who's listening that, you know, has considered working with you or is considering working with you. You know, one of the biggest things I've learned from working with with Jess is that the I, I have what I need myself. Like I have it, it's there. Yes. And, and that's part of the finding enough journey that we've talked about. And, you know, even in terms of just yoga, like if you broke this down and we're only talking about the yoga aspect, I started out doing yoga to like do a video, very, very regimented, never feeling like I was good enough for what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Always feeling like I was going to fail in the middle of the practice. It was going to be too hard, whatever it was. And I no longer have any intimidation. <laughs> like, I feel like I can tackle any Thing, or I know myself well enough to know that I can stop and say, yeah. well, doing this pose doesn't actually matter. Like a yoga mm-hmm. pose itself is not the important part. So yes. if I get to a part of a practice that's too hard, I just stop. And like, that's fine. Like you're allowed to do that and just to accept that part of yourself. And I've even gotten to a point where I feel almost as comfortable making, like doing yoga that is just a flow that feels good to me as I do following someone else's flow. And that was the goal that I said in our first meeting that we had in our discovery call (laughs) was that I wanted to just be able to do yoga without having any preconceived notion of what the class was like having a class in general, just Mm -hmm. doing yoga on my own. And when I was on vacation this last week, I stood on a back deck or I guess I did yoga on a back deck, which is an holistic thing, but (laughs) (laughs) I did yoga on the back deck of this awesome cabin next to a flowing waterfall in complete solitude by myself. For like 45 minutes to my own flow, exactly what I was feeling at the time. I didn't even have a yoga mat. It was on a <laughs> towel. Like it was a whole thing. So like just, and it, that was what I wanted to do. And it felt perfect for me in that moment. And that journey from feeling so scared and intimidated to do any physical activity, like feeling like a mile walk was just way too much work to do to like getting to a point where 45 minutes of yoga by myself, completely self-directed is like, a relaxation activity in the middle of a busy afternoon. So that's, that's the journey that I feel like if you're just thinking about the yoga aspect of of the program, like I think Jess has really helped me um, recognize the enoughness in myself to, to make those, those things happen. So that's been great. I wish I could hug you right now. Zoom won't let us. <laughs> but, I know. <laughs> but I love that so much. And I just, I mean, the practice that you just described where you're out on the back deck and you're out in nature and you're on a towel, to me, those are like the truest of true yoga practices because you are a hundred percent just with yourself doing what's right for you. And yeah, the fact that you don't need a, a yoga mat, you can do it on literally anything. You can do it on bare ground, on wood, on a towel, which I've done so many times myself. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just creating that space like you did and feeling comfortable in it. And so I'm so happy for you. I'm like, yeah, grinning ear to ear right now. <laughs> so yeah. Well, guys, um, I just want to formally thank Tess again for coming on and sharing your journey. As you guys can tell, she is so beautiful in and out and has just come so far with herself. And I'm so happy and grateful to be a part of it with her. Um, So thank you, Tess, for coming on. Thank you guys for listening. 
And we'll uh, probably, I'm most likely going to have you back on, girl. We have so much to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. But as for today, that is it. I hope you guys have a beautiful day and enjoy yourselves. Namaste.